Filthy Henry, Accidental Legend, Chapter 22. It was a pile of crap. There were other ways to describe the mound of useless junk before him. But Filthy Henry never claimed to have the soul of a poet. He called things how he saw them, and right then the fairy detective saw a pile of crap. They had spent the last few hours searching, breaking and gathering materials to be used in trap construction. Everything of use in Cahill's house had been ripped up, pulled apart and dumped unceremoniously outside the front door to form this pile of crap from which it now seemed Filthy Henry was expected to find a miracle and save the day on a hope and a prayer. He walked around the collected garbage looking intensely at everything there was to be seen on the off chance that something wonderful had been found and brought out. Nothing immediately jumped out at the fairy detective. Most of the pile was made up of broken bits of wood panels from the cupboard doors and a chair that had been smashed into its component parts. Here and there some old rope had been placed, like very fat dead snakes. An assortment of nails in varying shades of rust had been collected from who knew where and sprinkled over the pile. If they had to build a life raft that would sink after five minutes, then the pile contained everything required. As materials for constructing enough traps to disable seven grown men, eager for a fight, well that was a different story. The fairy detective scratched at his chin and thought about what they could build in the limited time available. In the plus column for their team was the fact that single combat had been agreed, which meant they could spend each night resetting traps for the next day. The tally in the cons column, however, was something the fairy detective did not want to dwell on too much. All right, Filthy Henry said, rubbing under his nose and looking at the assembled workforce. We're going to do this in teams, two to a team. You take as much of each thing here as you can carry and go into the forest towards the battlefield. Don't try to make or set any traps too close to the tree line. We want to try and keep the element of surprise on our side. Right now it's the only thing going for us. Any questions? Mammy Cullen shook her head and started walking into the house. Without saying a word, Alice followed her. Here, where are you pair going? Filthy Henry asked, stepping into their path. The little one needs fed, Mammy Cullen said sternly. Then he needs a nap. Plus, it's too cold for a child to be outside. He'll catch his death. The fairy detective decided not to argue with her, instead moving on to easier prey. And how about you? he asked Alice. Well, she's coming inside to help me. Now move it out of our way, Mammy Cullen said, budging filthy Henry to the left with a bump of her hip. She's embarrassed with how she acted earlier, the poor thing. Can't face going back to work until tomorrow, and I don't blame her. I might be only new to this magic lark, but you can't go messing with people's minds. It isn't right. Alice didn't look up at all. She just quickly followed after Mammy Cullen. Hang on a second, Alice, Filthy Henry said, making a grab for Alice's arm and stopping when Mammy Cullen glared at him. Don't you want to come and see Cahill setting up his traps? They'll save the day. This'll be his crowning moment. Saving the world. That's pretty impressive stuff, right? No thanks, Alice said before hurrying into the house. 
Filthy Henry turned around and caught Cahill staring at him. You know you've done bloody nothing to help me win her over, Cahill said. The fairy detective shrugged. Look, one crisis at a time. When we've wrapped this up, I'll talk with Alice. But I think I've enough balls in the air at the minute without adding some more. Now, we're going to pair up. I'm partnering with you, Drew, Shelley said suddenly. Filthy Henry looked at Shelley. She had that expression on her face which always meant her mood was foul. And the fairy detective was going to be the recipient of every barbed comment. On any other day, the announcement that they would not be partnered together would have been a relief. But today he had secretly wanted to use this trap-setting time to speak with her, without anyone else around, to try and clear the air between them. The longer Shelley remained mad, the worse everything was going to get. Filthy Henry just knew it. He decided to risk her wrath. Well, Shelley started to walk away. Grab the supplies, Drew, she said. We're going to take the end nearest the field. If anyone was feeling particularly brave and wanted to risk being impaled on a rusty nail, they should feel free to follow us. Otherwise, I'd steer clear. Filthy Henry looked at Drew. The druid shrugged his shoulders. I'll try and go talk to her for you, Drew said, glancing after Shelley. The fairy detective rolled his eyes and nodded. Grant, get some of this stuff and go after her. That means you're with me, Cahill. Oh, great, Cahill said, crossing his arms. Trust me, you lanky string of misery. Neither one of us is happy about this situation. Drew, keep your eye out for some dragon leaf and bear bark. If you see any, bring it back to me as soon as you can. Drew had lifted up some of the wooden planks, wrapped two lengths of rope around them and was gathering a few nails in his free hand. He looked up at the fairy detective and frowned. Uh, what? Sometimes Filthy Henry really wished that other people in his life were smart enough to just automatically play along when he was lying. It would make 90% of his casework so much easier. Mainly because he would not be spending 100% of his time explaining things to people. He had at least hoped that Drew, in his pretend role as a druid, would have had a passable knowledge of the various herbs and plants that could be used in potions and poultices. Enough to be dangerous but not actually useful. To quote Filthy Henry's mother, it would have meant that Drew could have spotted made-up names when they were said, instead of staring blankly like a rabbit caught in headlights. Just keep a lookout for them, will you? Filthy Henry said. I need those plants for the warrior potion. Drew continued his award-winning performance, the most useless conspirator in the world. A potion? W- what was it you said? Like, dr- dragon bark? Filthy Henry closed his eyes tightly and counted to ten. If it had not been a wasteful use of magic, he would have turned the druid into a rabbit, then drop-kicked the furry idiot over a bush. Just get going and help Shelley, the fairy detective said. Bear dragon, Drew mumbled, pocketing the nails and walking down the garden path. I've never heard of it. The men had taken to the task of digging with more enthusiasm than Nall had expected them to. This was no doubt due to the fact that Maeve had told them the ancient Celtic swords were considerably valuable. Swords which the men could keep as part of their payment. Even though the real value of the swords was only historical. Not in any way financial. And the payment was never going to happen once the Queen gained her magical powers. But lies helped the world turn. Danny had dug with far more energy than any of the other men. He had found two of the ancient swords quickly 
and then continued digging. Noel walked over to the hole in the ground and looked down. What are you doing? he asked. A clod of dirt flew up out of the hole and landed at his feet. Danny threw the shovel into the ground so that the head dug into the dirt and the long handle stood upright and wiped the sweat from his forehead on his shirt sleeve. I figure we're going to kill this guy for the lady, Danny said, looking up at Noel. It's a safe assumption, Noel agreed. Then like my daddy used to say, if you're going to kill a man, make sure you have the hole for the body dug before you start. Makes cleaning things up a lot simpler. Of course me dad was very cute and tended to make the guy dig his own hole first. Gave them a glimmer of hope and maybe something would happen that they wouldn't end up in the hole. Never did happen though, sure why would it? Your father sounded like a real piece of work, Noel said. Danny tilted his head to the left and shrugged. He wasn't going to win any awards for services to humanity, that's for sure. He could barely manage being a father. You should have seen his face when I told him to start digging. Noel frowned and shook his head, certain that he had misheard Danny. Sorry. It sounded like you just told me you made your father dig his own grave. The grin on Danny's face would have scared a wolf into running away. I did, he said. I mean, come on. The guy just up and walked out when I was a kid. Then when I managed to track him down in my teens, he taught me a trade that doesn't really have a long lifespan. Of course, I popped him in the back of the head. Circle of life stuff. Figured it was just poetic justice, making him dig and all that. Noel decided to keep an eye on Danny when everything kicked off. Chances were the man was just stupid enough to figure out how to come out on top and stay there. If nothing else, Danny might try and ensure that Maeve only had one champion left standing after the dust had settled. Whatever about Trug being his best friend, Noel was pretty damn sure that when all was said and done, he wanted to be the only one standing with the Queen. If True managed to survive as well, that would have been an added bonus. He looked at the two swords on the ground by his feet. Neither looked to be particularly sharp, but Noel figured either would do for smashing a man's skull in. The rest of the group were busy digging for their own weapons. Nobody was even paying Danny or Noel any attention. All it would take was a swift movement, and all the troubles would disappear into a pre-dug grave. I wouldn't try it if I was you, Danny said, staring directly at Noel. He glanced at the swords then back to the short man. I don't know what you're talking about, Noel said, stretching and looking around the forest in the most nonchalant way he could. Who are we killing anyway, Danny said, taking the shovel in his hands and starting to dig once more. He was digging slowly, Noel could tell. It was an act, to imply that he had nothing to fear but was ready should anybody try something. Some local muppet called Cahal Cullen, Noel said, taking several steps back from the edge of the hole so that Danny was out of striking distance with a shovel. Oh, I see, that guy. What did he ever do to anybody? Danny asked. All he does is get rat arse drunk and puke. He's the village idiot. Literally the last one in the profession. Maeve says she wants him dead. She wants him dead, Noel said. We don't really spend too much time asking questions. Is killing him going to be a problem for you? Danny laughed once more, a sound that now sent shivers down Noel's spine. Oh, not at all, he said. I just like to know who I'm turned into fertilizer is all. I'm old fashioned that way.
You're certain? Maeve asked. The crone nodded. Absolutely, she said. The spell will kick in the moment you want. I have it prepared in this charm here, just as you asked. Although for ruining my book I was tempted to do something nasty. But why get petty when we're so close to winning? She held out what looked like the bone from a chicken leg. It was wrapped with red string and had clumps of hair tied to it. Maeve reached out and took the charm. So all I do is drop this to the ground. That's it, Lawrence said. Also, I read up on the rules and how they apply to us. I had to do some calculations, ones which I think you'll find interesting. Have you ever heard of the Gregorian calendar? Maeve shook her head. We used to carve things into stones, and you know that, the Queen said. Why? The crone smiled. Oh, you like this. I don't think the other side will have factored this in yet. Also, your interpretation of the rules are correct. Single combat with everyone in play at the same time. Maeve smiled and twirled the charm around in her fingers. Well then, let's go round up the men prepared to celebrate. Once we deal with the minor task of killing the champion. <laughs> Tying off the last bit of rope, Filthy Henry stood up and rubbed the small of his back, groaning as muscles were loosened. He looked down at his trap and nodded with satisfaction at the sight of his work. It was not going to win any awards, but it would at least send an unsuspecting idiot shooting feet first up into the trees. They had been working for the past several hours, although they was a fairly subjective word in the grand scheme of things. Cahill had been practically useless and spent most of the day moaning and bewailing his lot in life. This had been when he was not showing off his unique abilities at falling down, spilling their supplies, and on two separate occasions, testing that the traps, which had taken some time for Filthy Henry to set up, worked as expected. Not that they needed testing. Checking his watch, Filthy Henry looked at the remaining materials to be turned into traps. They were rapidly losing daylight, and the canopy of the forest was causing darkness to fall quickly. Have you finished that one yet? he asked Cahill. From behind a large thorn bush, Cahill's head appeared. Just about. It's not as easy as you said it would be. Filthy Henry groaned. It's tying a bit of rope low down on the ground, so that somebody else running could trip over. It's literally tying two ends of a string at two places. How can this be causing you trouble? Cahill looked around for assistance, saw none was forthcoming and ducked back down behind the bush. The fairy detective waited for a minute to make sure Cahill did not pop his head up again, then bent down and gathered up some random leaves from small plants growing on the ground. The potion he was going to brew needed ingredients. Just because the ingredients didn't really matter was a minor detail which could be overlooked. Thankfully Cahill seemed to have all the botanical skills of a blind badger, lying with all four legs in the air. He would hardly be able to tell the difference between a dock leaf and poison ivy. You know, Cahill said from behind the bush, it's bloody hard to see anything down this close to the ground. Filthy Henry straightened up, pocketing the leaves in his left trench coat pocket and extended his right hand. With his fingers stretched out, he concentrated. Sullus Lee Road, he said. A glowing sphere of light the size of a football appeared in the air. With a flick of his wrist, the fairy detective sent it floating over the thorn bush to illuminate the area above Cahill. 
That is amazing, Cahill said. His head popped back up above the bush. Tell me again why you can't just go and do this whole fight for the world thing yourself. Or at least give me some of your magic out there. Because fate won't allow that to happen, Filthy Henry said. We'd basically be forfeiting the fight and letting the bad guys win. Only the descendants of Ku Cullen's allowed to fight this fight. At least I'm hoping that bit still holds true. Otherwise we should have sent your brother in to fight. Usually though, I'm good at twisting the rules of the fairy folk to get the job done. Suddenly a scream echoed through the forest, sending birds into flight from the branches. Cahill jumped to his feet, narrowly avoiding the floating sphere of light, and looked over at the fairy detective with panic in his eyes. It could just be me, but I think someone was just shouting your name, Cahill said. That's not even my first name, Filthy Henry replied. Although it would also be nice if for once people called me for reasons other than they need to be rescued. Shelley had caught the druid glancing at her half a dozen times since they began setting the traps. She knew he wanted to bring up the rift between herself and Filthy Henry. After the seventh furtive look sideways, Shelley's final iota of patience vanished. Just drop it, she said. Drew, despite having a pair of functioning ears with a brain between them, dropped the planks of wood he had been carrying. Oh, for the love of God, Shelley said pulling on a length of rope and drawing a plank of wood with nails in it, upwards into the branches of an oak tree. I mean, seriously, Drew, you knew what I meant. The druid flushed. He started to gather up the supplies. Look, I know Filthy Henry doesn't exactly have a long list of friends. In fact, we both know that in the last few months, a one-fingered man could count how many people would be on the fairy detective's Christmas card list. Your point being... Drew raised his eyebrows and shrugged. I'm sure what he did was, in his insane view of the world, the right thing. Shelley gave the rope one final tug, causing some twigs and branches to creak above her head. She tied off the rope and started to work on the tripwire that would set it off. We're not talking about this, she said. It's between me and Filthy, nobody else. Besides, you don't even like him. Drew started to work on his trap. They had agreed the Cottle would run through the forest in a zigzag manner to avoid giving a straight line of attack in case anybody started throwing things as he fled. It made the most logical sense since Cottle didn't look like the sort of man who could run in a straight line at a good pace. If he at least did some weaving it would put trees between him and his attacker allowing Cottle to lead them towards the various traps. True, the druid said. There's no friendship between us but he was worse before you showed up if you can believe that. You're like the little cricket on his shoulder. Shelley finished setting her tripwire. Well, I must have been doing a rubbish job if he thought keeping my death from me was the best course of action. Suddenly from a bush nearby, a voice spoke. Hello? Drew let out a very high-pitched scream. They both slowly stood up, each stepping behind a tree and looking across at the other. Shelley motioned with her hand for Drew to see what was going on. He quickly shook his head from side to side and seemed to flatten against the trunk even more. Waster, Shelley hissed. She peered out from her hiding spot and looked around. They had been setting traps slightly in from the edge of the forest and could just about see the field through the trees. It was getting late in the day. The sun had started its leisurely descent behind the mountains. 
All around, the trees made it seem more dark than the hour. But there was still enough light for her to see the immediate area. Do you see anything? Drew whispered. I know you're there. I can see you. But you can't see me. You don't need to come out to play. We just need to talk. It was a male doing the talking. Shelley glared over at Drew, who thankfully was smart enough to figure out she was annoyed at him. Peering out around the trunk of her tree once again, she scanned the area around him for evidence of the speaker. What do you want? she asked him. Well, I was on my way to the rundown shack you're all staying in, the man answered. Then I heard whoever's there and figured you might be able to save me the trip. Drew frantically waved his hands to get Shelley's attention. What? she hissed. Uh, pretend we're someone else, the druid whispered back. Like campers. Maybe he'll clear off. It wasn't a bad plan. After all, the man speaking could not know for sure that Shelley knew Cahill in any way. Then again, if he had been on his way to deliver a message, it might be something that they should definitely know about. Which meant that trying to fob the guy off with a little lie would only do them all a disservice in the long run. Making this one of those blasted situations where you had to ask yourself, what would the fairy detective do? He would repeat himself until the bad guy gave up some information for free. What do you want? Shelley said once more. We've been reviewing things a little bit. Turns out that we can start combat at exactly one minute past midnight tonight. Something about the calendar we used back in the day not counting the days. The same as this one we're using now. If your champion doesn't show up, then he forfeits the trial by combat and we win. Shelley reckoned that sounded exactly like the sort of thing everyone should know about. She stepped away from her hiding spot, walked over to Drew and grabbed hold of him by the collar of his hoodie. We'll pass that along, Shelley said in the direction of the voice. Oh great, we'll see you all in about six hours. They heard a rustling sound nearby. A small man stepped up out of the brush with his back to them and walked away. Shelley turned and looked the druid straight in the eye. I'm still not talking to him, so you have to run back and tell Filthy about this. Get his magical backside here, pronto. She let go and Drew turned on the spot, breaking into a run and heading back down the trail through the trees they had walked along. Filthy, the druid shouted as he ran. Filthy Henry, Accidental Legend is a novel by Derek Power. More Filthy Henry novels are available to buy on Amazon Kindle. Narration and music by Niall Milton. To keep up to date with episodes this season, why not subscribe or like or share? We'd really appreciate it.